0: There is a war being waged right now for your soul that has been going on since the beginning of time. A war that started out of jealousy for God's creation, you and I. A war for power, and the enemy will stop at nothing. He seeks to kill, steal, and destroy everything that God has created through you. It is time that you put on the whole armor of God, that you may stand against the schemes of the devil. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You know, it's been some time since I made a podcast. I decided to take a year off from work for personal growth and development. And I tell you what, man, this past year has been very rewarding in regards of personal growth. You know, my entire life, I've done nothing but work day in and day out, as well as dedicate my time and helping others. You know, as I tried to grow and go to the next level, I kept having these setbacks and setbacks. And It came down to me not having the knowledge or skill set to go to that next level, so I had to make the decision to remove myself from everything and focus on myself and my family. You know, so much has happened, I can't even describe it. You know, I transitioned from full-time firearms training to being home almost full-time now i really started incorporating fitness back into my daily routine you know personally I've been neglecting the temple that god has given me unintentionally and when the body is neglected of proper nutrition and health it's going to bleed over into the rest of our life starting with our mind so we must learn how to balance out who we're called to be in its entirety as I seek to help others to grow in their faith I also started filming for my new phone app called train like a seal you know this phone app is fitness app that's Navy Seal Base. I've taken everything that I knew as far as fitness prior to entering the Navy, my time as a seal, and my current fitness knowledge, and started a few different programs that will be available to the public December of 2022 and no later than January 15th, 2023 if we have some minor setbacks. The app has multiple programs. The Grinder PT is calisthenics-based The kettlebell grind is based around kettlebell training, and the reason I chose kettlebells is due to the mobility aspect. Typical weightlifting machines lock you into the position it's been built around, where I can use my body's capabilities to take the weight of the kettlebell anywhere I deem, which allows for a deeper strength training through a greater range of motion. I also have incorporated combat ready. This program is a year long. It's based around the fitness program that I created and trained in prior to going into the Navy to become a SEAL. I spent a full year preparing for BUDS and I want to share this with my clients. Last but not least, I have incorporated a mobility and flexibility program into the app, which is going to help those that are simply weak in certain areas, lack of flexibility, and those that have injuries but want to recover to live a fully functional life. The best part of these programs is that I created them to be progressive, which means we're going to start off slow and build from there to prevent any possibility of setbacks. In addition, you'll literally be working out with me. I perform each workout with you. None of this is that plug-and-play image stuff you see on other fitness apps. And one more thing, I spent the last year developing and testing my own nutritional product line called Frogman Supplements. That way, I want to ensure they deliver exactly what I promise. You know, as I've been filming the phone app for the past three months, I've also incorporated this nutrition line into my daily intake, and I've been able to put on 11 pounds of muscle. No kidding. You know, these products will launch the same time the phone app launches, so be on the lookout. You can also pick up a combat-ready t-shirt on my website, frogmantactical.com. And if you're not following my Instagrams, please do so. Train like a seal and frogmantacticalusa with an underscore in between each word. You know, what's been interesting is as I've moved back into the fitness industry, I've seen this major issue between meat eaters and vegans. All over the internet you see arguments, disrespect of meat eaters, tagging vegans in videos of themselves eating meat. So I wanted to dive deep into this topic and shed some light on what is right, what is wrong, and what God has to say about this as a whole. So first I want you to think about what science says about veganism and what it says about meat eaters. I want you to think about how you were raised I want you to think about your friends. I want you to think about the internet. And what do you believe in? What do you do? Do you eat plant-based meals? Do you eat meat? Do you eat a combination of the two? What are your thoughts? You now, First, we must understand that we're dealing with individuals that are simply pushing their own agenda based on their belief system without a full understanding of their creation. Each person has been given a level of faith from God. You know, as we live out our lives, there's sin and there's how we are called to live Christ-like. Then there's this concept of God who has given us the right through free will to choose our own path based on those two principles, keep sin out of our lives and do our best to walk Christ-like. Proverbs 16, 9 says, the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his footsteps. God, through our free will, has given us the right to choose our own path, and he's going to guide us as we walk that path out. Each person has things that God has laid upon our hearts. And we're called to pursue those passions. And I'm not referring to like a desire to lust or sin in general. You know, we're already at the understanding we're walking upright in the eyes of God throughout our life. You know, God establishing our footsteps means he's going to open or close the doors we're to move away from or walk into. And in addition to this, if we know the word of God, as we walk this path out in our life, we're going to be able to avoid the things that we shouldn't be getting mixed up in, uh, into the things that go against God's will for our life. So something I want you to think about before we get going is think about what science is. Think about what you see on the internet, how you erase um, your belief system on this, what you eat. Do you eat plant-based foods? Do you eat meat? Do you eat a combination of both? Are you torn in between the two? Now, what are your thoughts? We must understand that we're dealing with individuals that are simply pushing their own agenda based on their belief system without a full understanding of their creation. Each person has been given a level of faith from God. As we live out our lives, there's sin, and there is how we're called to live Christ-like. Then there is this concept that God has given us the right through free will to choose our own path based on these two principles. Keep sin out of our lives and do our best to walk Christ-like. Proverbs 16.9 says, The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his footsteps. God, through our free will, has given us the right to choose our own path and In that own path, he's going to guide us as we walk it out every day. You know, each person has things that God has laid upon our hearts, and we're supposed to pursue these passions. And I'm not referring to a desire to lust or sin in general. We're at the understanding we are walking upright in the eyes of God throughout our life. You know, God establishing our footsteps means he will open or close the doors we are to move away from or walk into. And also to add to that, if we know the word of God, as we walk this path out in our life, we're able to discern what is righteous and unrighteous in the eyes of God and avoid or push forward into these things. The next question we should ask is, did God give plants and meat to mankind to eat? You know, in the beginning, the next question we should ask is, did God give plants and meat to mankind to eat? In the beginning of creation, God gave us two specific commands about plants and animals. First in Genesis 129, and God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. Now we know that 100% God has given us plant life to eat. And in Genesis one thirty one, God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. So when God says something is good, take it exactly as that. It is 100% good for us. It shall not be argued or questioned, period. God goes on to say in Genesis 1.30, and to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. So now we have an understanding that prior to the fall of man, even the carnivores, including us, we see today, once lived off plant life. We can see this in bears, we can see it in wolves, and other carnivores, they often eat berries. Now, I want to further prove to you that this is true in Isaiah 65, 17, for behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. Now, this is referring to when Christ comes back, all shall be restored to the original ways prior to the fall of man. It goes on to say in Isaiah 65, 25, the wolf and the lamb shall graze together the lion shall eat straw like the ox. So now we have an understanding that the world we know at the moment is not the world that was prior to the fall, nor will the world we know right now exist after the return of Christ. You know, at the fall of man, the entire world from mankind to animals became tainted. Up to this point, what you haven't heard is God giving animals to man for food. You know, prior to the fall, God gave man rule over the entire earth, which included the animals. Genesis one twenty eight, and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have rule or dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, depending on which translation you read, it'll read dominion, rule, or masters of, or be masters of. You know, each of these terms in no way mean to kill or eat. It simply means that mankind is above because we are in the image of God. If a man is a master of a slave, he's no longer a master of the slave, or in this case, the animals, if he kills the slave or animal. No matter how you read true scripture, uh, at this point, animals are not food for mankind. In addition, God said, I have given you every seed-bearing plant for food. I think you would agree that If God wanted mankind to have animals for food, he would have been very clear on this topic. So, the conclusion at this point is, in a sinless world prior to the fall, God gave every seed-bearing plant to both mankind and animals to eat. Animals were not food, nor was mankind or animals carnivores prior to the fall. So, when did God give the animals to mankind as food, if he gave them to us at all for food. After sin entered the world, eventually the world became absolutely tainted. So God sent the great deluge to flood the earth and wipe out everything. In Genesis 7, 1, the Lord said to Noah, get into the boat or the ark with your whole family. I have found that you are the only one in the world who does what is right. Seven days later, God flooded the earth and destroyed everything that was tainted in sin. Genesis seven twenty-one through 23, every living being on the earth died, every bird, every animal, and every person, everything on earth that breathed died. The Lord destroyed all living beings on the earth, human beings, animals, and birds. The only ones left were Noah and those who were with him in the boat. Now, keep in mind, at the command of God, Noah had placed pairs of all animals with him and his family on the ark. Now, the Bible doesn't discuss what the flood did to the earth as far as damage to plant life. But we do know that plant life continued to live on. Um, We know that the flood was absolutely catastrophic. It says, all life died, as we just read, uh, in Genesis seven eleven, on that day, all of the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of the heavens were open. You know, one thing that God didn't say that plant life died, as I just said. You know what we do know is that the entire earth was covered in water. Uh, Genesis seven twenty, the waters prevailed above the mountains. It rained for forty days and forty nights, and when the rain subsided, it says in Genesis seven twenty four and the waters prevailed on the earth for 150 days. You know, that comes to five months. Genesis 8, 5, and the waters decreased continually until the 10th month. And the 10th month on the first day of the month were the tops of the mountain seen. So the concept of this, this is like a flood that we've never seen. So my thought process is, The ark lands on Mount Ararat, and how long does it take for the water to subside and the ground to heal before the plant life can actually start thriving again? After God tells Noah and his family to go out of the ark, he makes a covenant with all of creation that he will never flood the earth again. But in Genesis 9-2, we see where mankind and animals no longer will live in harmony. God says, The fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every bird of the heavens, upon everything that creeps on the ground and all of the fish of the sea into your hands, they are delivered. In Genesis 9, 3, we see that God does in fact give mankind all animals for food. Genesis 9, 3, every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. So here's what's interesting. And we, when we really start seeing where people pushing their agenda, we see that they're wrong. God didn't say, I give you all animals for food and plants are no longer available or they're off limits to you. He says, just as I have given you the green plants, I give you everything for food. So here's my thought process on this, on how God works sometimes. He creates miracles. He speaks things into existence, but also there's repercussions for sin. And he also sometimes allows things to happen in an earthly, timely manner. So once again, the world is flooded. The water has to subside. The ground has to heal. The vegetation has to regrow. Is it Did he give us the animals because there was nothing to eat at that time? Another consideration is, and again, in Genesis 9, 2, the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth. So now there's this tension between man and animal, and we see that this is all part of the repercussions of sin. So there's a difference between us filling in the blanks and the word of God. So don't allow me to convince you that's a truth. That's just the way um, we should really approach things to try to better understand. Right here, right now, anyone pushing their meat or vegan agendas as if one is wrong is absolutely wrong. God has given us everything and it's not to be challenged by anyone for any reason. Now, if we were to stop right here... A very clear conclusion that God has given us plant life. He's given us animals to eat. God said they're good. Okay. And anything that God says that's good, you can take that for face value. And at no point does he say plant life is better than animals, nor does he say animals or meat is better than plant life. When God says it's good, each one of these or a combination can sustain the nutrients needed for the body to function properly as we were designed to. End of story. But what I want to do is I want to take you a little bit deeper in scripture and show you why we have these issues in the world. So we're going to talk about our faith. You know, scripture shows us that each of us have been given a level of faith and that faith is a gift from God and That one faith is not greater than the other. So what God is doing is he gives you this characteristic, this faith to live in. He gives somebody else that's completely different. Instead of us humans attacking one another, we should be looking at all of this saying, man, God has blessed us tremendously because outside of sin, he has given us rule of the world, which means we can walk and absolutely do whatever we want to on this earth. If you want to eat vegetation, eat vegetation. If you want to eat meat, eat meat. If you want to eat both, eat both. But when people live in this little narrow-minded level of faith, as blessed as you are through that gift, you're not restricted to live in that faith. All you have to do is open your Bible, get to know God, better understand what he has approved of us, and you can just open your mind and run free and live a much more beautiful life than you're living right now. You're absolutely called to freedom. You are not called to be restricted outside of avoiding um, anything that brings us out of the will of God, such as sin, okay? So, Scripture also shows us how to carry ourselves within our faith when it comes to eating meat or being a vegetarian. Romans 14, one three says, As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him. And the one they're talking about weak in faith is actually the vegan. And it's saying this meat eater, if you run into a vegan, welcome them. But do not quarrel over opinions. So God is telling you right now, the faith that you're living in, because you're ignoring or you're uneducated on the fact that God has given you the right to both of these foods, your voice is nothing more than an opinion. It says, one person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. So God is basically saying right now, hey, listen, stop this nonsense. I have given this entire package to you and Your faith takes you towards a vegan lifestyle, and your faith takes you towards meat, or your faith takes you towards both. I have blessed all of this, so I welcome you, and I approve of you, so stop quarreling like children. Again, what this means is, we live in faith, and according to God, those that don't eat meat have a weaker faith. And those that live in both aspects of faith should not in any way demean, shame, or even eat meat in front of those with the weaker faiths. When I say weaker faith, I want you to understand this is a faith that God has given vegetarians, okay? And it's just weaker in a sense that Well, typically, if somebody eats meat, they're more than likely going to eat salads and things like that, but it doesn't go the other way around. Now, also, a meat eater has to understand that, yes, it did cost the animal's life. So, in a sense, the softer person, if you will, would have a level of weaker faith. So, my question to you is, do you think God desires us to kill his creation? And the answer is no. Even though this is a weaker faith, this is, once again, a part of God's character that he shared with you through his gift. All right, so we can see how God feels about sin and the death of his creation in Isaiah 111. And it says, what to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord. I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of well-fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. Okay, so now this is referring to the continuous sacrifice for atonement for man's sin. Basically, mankind at the time became so sinful and so eager to slaughter animals without any regret or thought of just saying, hey, I can't sin because now I'm gonna have to go kill an animal. And they had no feelings towards that sacrifice. So, however, it does show that God does not delight in the death of his creation. All in all, It's the sin of man that took all life on earth from vegetarians to meat eaters. So when a meat eater or vegetarian demeans, bullies, or disrespect the faith of another, you're actually disrespecting God as God himself has given each that faith to live by. Remember, this is a characteristic of God that he wanted to share with you as an individual. Okay, so now take into consideration that mankind over thousands of years have not only tainted God's animals but God's plants, your dog or cat is not of god it's It's part God, but it's been downbred from God's original creation, just as many vegetables and fruits you eat today, and from what is called grafting or stripping the DNA from one and combining it with another to produce another type of food or animal. Man has always wanted to be a creator, and this is why they took. And still today, take what God says was good and try to create their own ideas. So, when we get into this, we're now talking proper nutrients, which is a whole new topic. That's not including the hormones and the pesticides used to grow the food or gluttony, which I'm gonna be talking about in the next episode. At the end of the day, how can we summarize this topic and put it to rest? First and foremost, Meat is not superior to plants in any way regardless of what anyone says or this theoretical science. There's plenty of studies that prove plant-based foods, if eaten properly or in combination will provide enough nutrients to sustain yourself, even in high-level sports. If you have the time and you want to learn real truth about plant-based foods and what they provide, watch the Game Changer. It will literally change your mind and perception on plant-based foods. It was sin that changed everything, and that's when God gave us the animals to eat, as well as his original gift of all plant life. Each person has been given a level of faith in all aspects, including which foods to eat or not eat, and we're not to challenge that. The moment we dishonor anyone for this, we dishonor God himself and that individual was created by God, and the faith given is their gift from God. So if you're a meat eater, you're 100% called to honor and respect vegetarians to the point of either not eating in front of them or swallowing your pride and your arrogance and sit and eat a vegetarian meal with them in love as you're called to do. Anything outside of honor and respect to another is sin and it's unacceptable in the eyes of God. Too many people, you're mentally indoctrinated into your own ideas of what you think is your own ideas. If God gave us this gift, can we even take credit for what we eat? Not really. It was a gift for us as an individual, nothing more. As for me personally, I choose to live in all aspects of scripture, in all faiths that God will allow me to live in. I honor the weaker faith if needed, and I eat meat as I choose. So what I would recommend is you stop listening to the world and its nonsense and get to know your creator so you can understand what he has given you to enjoy here on earth so you're not kept in chains. Keep the noise at bay and just get to know God. And I hope this episode has enlightened you some on this topic, and I hope you take it to heart, and you don't get into arguments of meat and veganism. Both are right until they begin pushing their agenda on someone or attacking one another. Learn to be better, and honor others by sacrificing your own ideas and concepts. Be blessed. There is a war being waged right now for your soul that has been going on since the beginning of time. A war that started out of jealousy for God's creation, you and I. A war for power, and the enemy will stop at nothing seeks to kill steal and destroy everything that god has created through you it is time that you put on the whole armor of god that you may stand against the schemes of the devil